0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another wonderful week of the DQ with Damani show. Yes, 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 I am your host, the one and only Damani. And we've got a lot to get into this week. I'm very, very happy to say that I made a mistake. There was one more event. This past Friday, we had an OTX event. And for those of you who do not know, and are still basketball fans, I believe football fans as well, you have definitely heard of the brand called Overtime. The athlete brand Overtime has been making some serious moves in the sport of boxing. And I'm very happy to say that their event this past Friday was very successful. We saw some great boxing from all ends. They had a lot of prospects and in the main event, they literally had two undefeated guys going at it. So what more could you ask for from a brand as powerful as Overtime, who, like I just said, is making significant moves in boxing? Now, one of the posts that Overtime made involved a couple of their fighters like Elijah Pierce posing with a green and gold belt with OTX's name brand on it alongside the WBC's name on it. So this garnered a rather negative response because a lot of people are like yo like what wh- why are there so many belts in boxing now? We have all this misfits foolishness and their fake belt. We've got all the legitimate commissions. Now we have this OTX belt. What is happening? So I would like to put all of this to rest immediately. The whole situation regarding belts is very simple to understand. It's just that people like to complicate it a bit too much for the average person. There are four belts in every single weight class. If we're being 100% honest with ourselves and we're not trying to be biased or anything like that, there are five belts in every single weight class in the sport of boxing. Five belts. You have the WBA, you have the WBC, WBO, IBF ibo all these other belts have absolutely zero significance the misfits belt is worthless all the special belts that the wbc comes up with like the Michoakan belt for canelo the other i i think last two or three fights he came up with a belt like that all, all of those belts have zero significance now, it's of my belief that OTX is going to properly get their fighters into the ranking system and use this belt as a springboard. It will be a somewhat of a springboard belt. Like, for instance, the OBPF belt is a springboard for Asian fighters to get upwards into the WBC. A lot of people have no idea uh, what the OBPF is in the first place. So when they see that belt, they're like, what is this random green and sometimes red belt doing on my screen like is this a world championship no a lot of those other belts are regional belts and like i just said they help get you higher into the rankings and they qualify you as a real contender for the world championship belt in that given weight class so like i just said i believe that overtime is going to do a similar thing with their belt especially because they are they they're officially Aligned with the WBC. The WBC is on this OTX belt. Two names are on it. So, like I just said, it would make a lot more sense for OTX and the WBC to use this as a way to rank their fighters higher. Now, a lot of people might be frustrated with that because... There are other guys outside of OTX who are ranked a lot higher who might have to face opposition a lot quicker than they might have if OTX didn't necessarily do that with their belt. So on one hand, it's good for the fans because we might, 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 and I stress this a lot, might get the fights that we want. But at the same time, for the fighters who are in higher or lower ranked positions, they might have to deal with these guys a lot faster. They're like, oh, man. My rank, uh, it might be in jeopardy, so I'm in a position where it's fight or flight. I have to take this fight or I sacrifice my ranking and move aside. It's just how it goes sometimes. And a lot of these guys are going to go up the list, up the list, up the list, looking for the perfect name to land a big fight on. It's like playing a game of sorry. You land on that spot, it's game time. It's time to roll out because, like I just said, these belts are used for these guys to get up in a place where they can say hey I'm ready for a world championship just like I mentioned Keyshawn last week he has two he has two regional belts that man is ready for his shot I think that these guys are in the absolute perfect position that any fighter could be in at that point in time they're not quite the household name yet but they are someone who can give a world t- a world title holder a little bit of trouble I really hope that people start putting more respect on Keith Thurman's name. It's starting to get a little agitating, man. Keith has had quite a few standout performances, and it's confusing to me how people are beginning to forget how great of a run he had before he lost to Manny Pacquiao. Even after the Pacquiao loss, he returned triumphantly and put a beating on El Azteca Mario Barrios. I'm being 100% genuine. You know we always keep it 100 on a DQ with the podcast. When I say I have no idea why the boxing world has decided to collectively hate on Keith Thurman. I understand that there have been some shared words between Thurman and Spence. And as I reported on the show about three months ago, Spence said he would never fight Thurman for his three belts. He went as far as to put that on his moms. He said on my mother. Word to my mother, I'm never fighting you. Still. Thurman managed to climb his way back into headlines after he was present at the Spence Crawford court and made some interesting statements after Errol Spence was knocked out. Go ahead and roll that. What's up, bud?
1: What's good, son? Come on, G. Great performance. Salute, salute, salute. Three times for you, man. All the belts. Greatness. What you do is greatness. But, you know... This is your man Thurman, bro. You know we go back. You know we go way back, boy. And I promise you, son, my face, my face, it won't look like that. Why, kid? Why? Cause my feet, my feet ain't flat. You know I can stick and move, boy. You know I can double pump fake just like you. Uh. Thurman, different. Been different, boy. This is my last boxing talk for the day, man. That hype week fight, we got all the all the views, baby. You got all the views. Let's go. I'm proud of you, boy. But you know one thing you ain't seen in this life yet, and that's your man right here. Keith one-time Thurman. Talk to Al. Send the contracts. Ah, it's time to eat, I'm hungry, baby. I'm hungry, baby, it's time to eat. I'm in the gym working, working for you, working for you. Let's-
0: so I'm of the belief that Keith Thurman is confident because of his durability. He has a pretty long history of being able to take punches on the chin He's a little weak to the body, but he knows exactly when to stop action, take a knee, give himself a little time to recover. He's a, he's, a, he's a veteran. He knows exactly what he's doing in there, and he's always willing to go out on his shield. But, of course, like I just mentioned, he knows when it's time to take things a little slow and really start to grind the pace of the fight down so that he could recharge all of his energy. He really has a unique approach to boxers who are reliant on footwork and consistent spatial management, and he believes that he can use Terrence Crawford's ring generalship against him, which is something that no fighters have been able to truly achieve against Crawford whatsoever. I think it'll be an interesting matchup between two mentally fortified fighters at welterweight, and I'm fully invested in the fight. But it all depends on how willing Terrence Crawford is to fight him in the first place. We do know that Terrence Crawford, he's he's really fiending for a fight against one of the Charlo brothers. He's preferring the Charlo brother at 154, the undisputed champion. But things are starting to get mixy because the WBO title is starting to shift hands. We've just received news that Tim Su is going to be receiving the WBO title when charlo fights canelo jermel charlo is going to be fighting canelo on september 30th so they're saying hey on that exact day that man's going to lose that wbo belt he's not going to be undisputed anymore so if terence crawford is the one to activate his clause as wbo super champion at 147 pounds things are going to get a little mixy things are things are going to get a little mixy and it's kind of confusing because guys are like okay well how is he going to fight Charlo when Sue's going to have the WBO belt? And it, it, it's just all one whole big confusing mess. But now I'm starting to understand that he's saying, hey, if things don't go the way that they're going to go, I'll start to consider other guys. I'm not going to just take the one-way route and try to fight Charlo. If there are other guys who are willing to fight me, I'll fight him. So that's exactly what our boy, one time, Keith Thurman, Wants to hear. I'm fully invested in this fight, fully 100% invested. I just wonder how things are going to work out across party lines. We don't know what Terrence Crawford's contract situation is looking like right now. We don't know if he's with Showtime for the foreseeable future, or if this was just a one one-off one fight deal. We don't know if he's going to go back to top rank. We really doubt it because he sounded unhappy there. So it all really just depends on how the political situation looks, and truly how badly Keith Thurman wants this fight. If he's going to start begging for unrealistic amounts of money, then things are going to start to you know, destabilize a little bit and the talks are going to fizzle out. It'll be just another dream fight that we'll be speaking of on this show and plenty of other shows. And it's really disappointing that we have to think of the possibility of that happening. But like I said, it all depends on how badly he wants it. Thurman is also in another huge media scrum this week because of Claressa Shields, one of my personal favorite fighters. You guys know how much I love her and her work. I've spoke on her fights plenty of times, her accomplishments plenty of times on my platform Clarissa Shields truly has done it all. She became the first and only person to unify and hold all four belts in two different weight classes at the exact same time, her first being at middleweight in 2019 and her second being at super welterweight in 10 lineal championship wins, which means that without a doubt, she has beaten the top dog in all three divisions. She's fought in and is the one to beat. Yes. The current undisputed middleweight champion of the world, Claressa Shields, she wants a new challenge. She wants a man. She wants Keith One Time Thurman.
1: (laughs) I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. (laughs) Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy.
0: No, no, guys, seriously. I'm 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 being I'm being for real. I'm being 100% for real. Claressa Shields wants a real boxing match with Keith One Time Thurman. She's been on Instagram chatting with a whole bunch of new confidence since her good friend Terence Crawford unified all four belts in his division, becoming the second person alongside her who has become undisputed champion in two weight classes. Now, this extremely difficult task speaks levels to the two fighters, but a lot of people are confused by Clarissa Shields' confidence because she's obviously a biological woman. And everybody knows situations where a biological man versus a biological woman in sports, it, 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 it's all really a hotly debated topic right now. And her confidence is leaving a lot of people stunned. So here's Clarissa Shields really talking about how long she's been sparring against men throughout her career. It sounds like she's very, very confident in her abilities against a man.
1: Good morning, I'm heading to gym right now, I'm in Dallas. Oh my God. Um, But I was gonna say, um, just to speak on like the sparring with men, like I have been doing that since I was, uh, a young teenager probably like 13 i sparred my first man but i will say that um i have gotten a ring with guys at a younger age and they were like oh i don't want to hit a girl and and my coaches tell them like well you don't want to spar with her because i'm gonna land some punches and i'm gonna land clean and i'm gonna piss you off so we, i like to let people know before we get in there like i appreciate you thank you for being my sparring partner but i'm getting ready for big shit we talking about i'm getting ready for the olympics and you talking about some you don't want to hit me well get the fuck out of here we need somebody who's gonna box with her so she can hone her skills and uh that's what i've been doing the past i don't know 17 years
0: and there you have it it sounds like clarissa shields is fairly confident in herself but the whole thing is, are any sanctioning bodies really going to take this seriously? Are they going to take this fight seriously? Or is this just going to be another situation like four or five years ago when she tried to call out Triple G and say she could beat Triple G? You know what I mean? There, There's obviously some moments in time where people take Claressa Shield seriously. But these moments where she's calling out men, people are like really beginning to question it. They're laughing at it, you know? Either way, we'll see where this thing goes. Obviously, this is a really important topic for boxing fans at this moment in time. When I first heard about it, I, I wasn't surprised at all because everybody knows the level of confidence that Clarissa Shields carries herself with. She's a very, very game fighter, and it doesn't matter to her. She even said very clearly, she's like, can't no Mexican beat me. You
1: came all this way, so you're win my bills. Girl, I uh-huh. <laughs> let go. You got to first. me You got to go. championship of the world. You know you, you know you
0: accepted the challenge. I'm thankful.
1: You know what I got to do to you go. You know that. Already already. Okay. We gonna. I like. You. I like. You. I Rock paper the scissors. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> None of y'all. Yeah. Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, African American, whatever. You can't be white. None y'all beat me watch. Make a piece, please. Y'all to me. Y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I look cute, but I'm about that. Yeah. Yeah, these my bells, girl. House. My house! Your house. Your house. Your house.
0: <laughs> yeah. If she's saying, can't no Mexican beat me, she clearly is under the impression that there's there no race, there's no gender, there's there, there no one who fits any sort of classification in any sort of group that can defeat me in this sport of boxing. So a fair play to her. I like the confidence. I like the fact that she wants smoke. She wants smoke from everybody. I like it. But like I said, who is going to take this seriously? So for some strange reason, there are a lot of people who are saying that Terrence Crawford should go all the way up to 168 and fight Ganelo. In what universe do we live in where the fans could just go up and just demand like, hey, you just beat a guy at 147 pounds. You just became the undisputed champion of 147 after being undisputed in another weight class that was even lower than 147, so we think that you should just put on a whole bunch of weight and fight arguably the greatest champion in 168 pound history. Yeah, let's do that, Hall of Fame Mexican. Yeah, totally. Let's 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 get this fight on. Yeah, guys.
1: No, not at all. You know, like I said before, I've got that uh, question many times before, and I stated. In and I'm gonna state it now. Like Canelo is two way class, three way classes, four way classes above me because you don't know what way he's fighting at when he's fighting at it. <laughs> he can he he's fighting at 78. So, you know what I mean? I don't know what uh, way Canelo fighting at, but at the same time, you know, uh, Canelo really don't interest me because of the size factor.
0: Yeah, it's like people forget that in s- combat sports like Greco-Roman wrestling, collegiate wrestling, boxing, MMA, Muay Thai, kickboxing, even lethwei. all of these combat sports have weight classes for a reason. There is absolutely no realm of existence, except maybe in the super, super, super old days when none of the sanctioning bodies or even a government for boxing existed. That might've been the case where you could have little guys fighting big guys, big guys fighting guys who are average, average guys fighting guys who are way smaller. Like that sort of thing was acceptable, but we live in a time where there are weight classes. There are clear cut and defined weight classes for a reason. So why would somebody such as Terrence Crawford risk his entire career going up to fight Canelo who we know for a fact rehydrates like insanely, insanely high. That man's rehydration rate is high, and we know it. He's fighting at 168. Think about how heavy he is when he gets in the ring. He's 168 day of weigh-ins, 168 day before. The night of the fight, what do you think that man is going to weigh? And why do you think that Terrence Crawford is going to be able to compete effectively against a guy who's coming in at that size? I think that boxing fans have really just lost their sense of realism. It's like the guys saying that Tank could fight Inoue. Like, be serious, guys. Be serious. Be completely serious when you're saying these things. Remember, there are weight classes for a reason. Relax, man. You and like the fight a, if it a, happens?
1: Man, he better sit us last down. Going, going back to Stephen Fawn, do you think they should have been worried about the drug test more than the hand rack, or they should have been worried about both? Um, because they are in a whole different country.
0: Man, when Adrian Broner gets interviewed and he's saying that something is wrong with that, like y'all, just, like, in a way, all of that, that needs to be shut down. Y'all little boys need to sit down. Rethink your entire life because it, it makes no sense. That we've reached a point in boxing where we're like, yeah, this guy should totally jump up like five weight classes. I'm like, bro, come on, come on, man. Come on, come on. There's cases in the higher weight classes where that happens. Yes, you can absolutely have a guy who's 160 and up middleweight and up. That's 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 the appropriate range for guys to be moving up weight class after weight class after weight class. That's appropriate. But you're talking about a guy who's 120 pounds, sometimes even lighter, moving all the way up to 135, all the way up to 147. These guys are like 5'1", 5'2", 5'3". Y'all got to remember, these are... (laughs) Man, boxing fans are comical. This is why I, I, I feel the way I feel. About people having social media platforms, guys having podcast platforms, YouTube channels. Don't 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 speak unless you've actually been in the ring or have significant in-ring experience. You're a corner man, cut man, etc. You worked for a commission, all of that. Because the stuff that these guys are saying is completely outlandish. It is so exhausting hearing all of these people just say the most absolute foolish things on earth. Some of you do not need internet access, just watch the fight and go to bed. Don't even post. Just don't say anything. Well, even though I said I wasn't going to talk about it, I did end up getting around to watching the Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul card. And the undercard was actually really, really good. I was very pleased with Amanda Serrano's performance against Tether Hardy. And women's boxing, like I say just about every time I cover it, is on the come up. We're starting to see a lot more people gain higher levels of attention, especially when it comes to unifying belts making sure the belts end up becoming undisputed we have one champion per weight class we know for a fact who's the top dog in each of these divisions but the same cannot always be said across the board we're just very fortunate that at featherweight right now in women's boxing we have amanda serrano and she's been she's really been tearing the division up and we know for a fact that it's it's got to be time for her to move up because who else is there at featherweight you know she fought 41-year-old Heather Hardy, who still gave her some work. She stayed in the fight. I, 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 What more needs to be said about Amanda Serrano right now? There's nobody else who's putting in work like her at Featherweight. You got guys at 135, guys at 130, oh man, I, I want this guy, I want that guy. Amanda Serrano, a woman's boxer, is fighting everyone put in front of her. She doesn't care. She's not picking and choosing and trying to apple pick. There's no reason for her to do that. Absolutely none. So she's going the distance and saying, hey, look, I'm fighting guys that are definitely going to give me a challenge, but I'm not going to say no to anybody. If this person wants to fight me, I'm going to say yes every single time. She is a fighter's fighter. And I really do appreciate the fact that she gave Heather Hardy her shine because We don't know when's the next time we'll be able to see her again. She's 41 years old. Like I just said, we don't know if she's going to want to continue her career or go out on this high point. She didn't get knocked out. She was hurt several times, but like I said, she stayed in the fight. She kept it very competitive and she looked very calm and composed in there. Whether or not she's going to retire, I don't know. I think that if she was paid well this fight under Jake Paul's card, there's definitely no reason for her to continue. She could just run off into the sunset with the money. I think that that would be good for her. But if she does want to continue fighting, by all means, I I would like I would I I wouldn't be opposed to her retiring. But I also wouldn't be opposed to her to continuing to fight because she looks so good in there. But at the same time, you do have to consider the health drawbacks of taking that much damage at that age. I just think that the money is the factor. If you're if you're getting paid six figures for these fights, you could definitely sit out. Definitely sit out. And she's from Brooklyn. There's there's no reason you can't sit out. But like I just said a couple seconds ago, I would not be mad if she continues to fight for Amanda. However, I think that the next step for her is to move up, move up, get a championship fight, keep putting in work because the the list of names on her resume is only growing. And I don't think that anybody is angry at her for taking on these opponents. There's no reason to be so. If she continues, same exact thing. I would not be opposed to it. I love the work that Amanda Serrano has been putting on. It's, it's looking good for the featherweight division. It's looking good for super featherweight. It's looking good at lightweight, super lightweight. All, all, all these weight classes in women's boxing right now are looking exactly the way we want them to look. If only the men could pattern up and just get that together. We need that. We need that. Beyond just how great their respective weight classes look, I just really want to highlight the massive level of sportsmanship that was shown between Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy. In the 10th and final round, before either of them even touched gloves or looked at the ref or threw any punches, they both gave each other a, a, a big hug, and after the fight ended, prior to the fight even taking place, there was just so much love and respect between the two of them. And I really would like to see more of that in boxing period, not just women's boxing, men's boxing. I'm not isolating this to either gender. I really wanna see this in our sport as a whole because the love that they showed one another, it was very inspiring. It was inspiring. And I'm sure that many fighters around the world felt the exact same way watching those two speak so fondly of one another, speak on the sport as candidly as they did. It really made me happy seeing that. A lot of love and respect between you and Heather. What did you just say to her?
1: I said she's as tough as they come. Never give up. Jordan. said never give up on the old lady. You know, we struggle in this game from the very beginning. And um, I wanted to give back. And Heather is a hell of a fighter. She's as tough as they come. We knew that. You know, who gets kicked in the face and still wants to fight. So I love Heather. And I'm, a, I'm definitely an ambassador for women's boxing. I want to grow this sport. I'm not selfish. I want this, um, when I'm done in retire, I want to continue to see wonderful women, great talent in this sport. So I'm working on the future for the young girls coming in this sport.
0: Fighting after Amanda's words.
1: Um, I still feel very grateful. I'm probably going to cry. I'm a big baby. <laughs> you know, me and Amanda came up. I turned pro, she was already a world champion, and she was the girl everybody in Brooklyn knew. Don't get hit by her. You know, I I got very, very lucky where I was able to come spy with her, show them I'm tough, I want to learn, I just want to get better. And so to be able to, you know, have her grab my hand and say, come on Heat, let me help you because I know what you went through. It just means everything. I gave everything I had today. I can't even, I gave everything for three months. Everything. I have no excuses. That was everything. It shows. It You think this is why we need to come together as female boxers and work together? Don't degrade each other. Let's work together and make this beautiful sport of women's boxing grow together.
0: Wheeling it back to Friday, the Zone card I actually really enjoyed. Otx was great. I think all the fighters they had on there were great. O'Shea Jones had an amazing performance, I really enjoyed watching her, she was great. There were so many fighters on there who I really enjoyed watching, but I I definitely got a sense, I, I, I got to send a serious message to you all about how amazing Elijah Pierce's performance was, oh man, I, I was really taken aback by how well he was able to retain his composure, like the exact same thing I said about Heather Hardy. When you're in deep territory, you have an opponent who's delivering some serious flurries against you. You have to make sure that your defense is tight. You have to stay calm. You don't want to throw winged punches like Pitbull Cruz did <laughs> the last weekend. You You have to remain composed in there. You have to absolutely remain firm. You can't freak out in there. And Elijah Pierce showed why that is important. He delivered the most stunning knockout, I would say, within the the last two months. That check hook was beautiful. It was a true work of art, especially because his opponent was coming forward. His opponent was coming forward, threw the check hook, threw the straight right down the pipe, knocked him out. And, And even the commentator said, they're like, yo, the straight didn't even look like it had that much power behind it. It's the precision and the ability to remain calm under that pressure that enabled Elijah Pierce to gain access to that knockout finish. There's absolutely no way he would be able to do that if he was freaking out. If he completely lost his mind in there and just started throwing overhands, hooks, overhands, hooks, no jab, no cross, no footwork, he would have gotten hurt. Or at the very least, he would have dropped rounds against the guy because there were several points at which he was in the corner he was against the ropes and he got clipped he got clipped a couple of times and he could have gotten frustrated or he could have panicked and freaked out like i've said a couple of times already he kept it together and i really do like seeing that from young fighters especially right now because the priority is like I've said multiple times on this show, the priority is if you're an undefeated fighter, rack up those knockouts. Keep getting knockouts, whether it's against a journeyman, world class competition. Get those knockouts. Keep that knockout streak alive. Remain marketable. This and that. They're, they're, and that causes a lot of young fighters to go into panic mode. They 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 completely just lose it. They're like, I need this knockout right now. I'm gonna come out swinging. Whether or not this guy can take my punch, we'll find out. I'm gonna come out swinging. Elijah Pierce did not do that. He stayed composed. Composure is king. I will tell you as many times as I need to. Composure is king. Just before we leave off for the week, I do have to be completely transparent with you all about the Anthony Joshua and Dillian White situation. We all know exactly what's happening. We spoke about Conor Ben on here the first couple of weeks of the show's existence And I know a lot of guys are reporting on it right now, and they're not exactly being fair to Dillian White for this situation. And I do, like I said, we keep it 100 on the DQ with the Money Podcast. I remain completely transparent with you all at all times. We've had situations like Connor Ben, We've had situations like Yoel Romero. We have so many different situations that are all coming to a head when it comes to... VADA and USADA testing, UCAD testing, we know what's going down. Some of those guys, we know for a fact they're corrupt. We know UCAD is corrupt. I, 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 I can't sugarcoat it. UCAD, we know for a fact they're corrupt. The adverse test findings are not always going to be a 100% guaranteed for a fighter. It is hit or miss. For Conor Bent, it was a clear-cut miss, that man did not take any sort of performance-enhancing drug. He had no, no reason to take a performance-enhancing drug. There, there was just nothing. It was all really just baseless. And I'm glad that everyone was able to come together on this and say, "Yo, Conor Ben wasn't even on anything. <laughs> there, 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 there was nothing going on behind the scenes. There's no conspiracy." Around Connor Ben, he just didn't take performance enhancing drugs, and the the findings have shown that he's been fully exonerated, reinstated months before anybody even said anything about him being innocent by the WBC, Boxrex still had him listed despite the whole foolishness going down. So if Connor Ben was afforded that by the commissions and sanctioning bodies and all of that who aren't corrupt. Why are we all just jumping on Dillian White? And I know that the situation regarding Conor Ben wasn't fair either, because uh, on social media, you'll still see it to this day. People are like, oh, man, you ate a whole bunch of eggs, huh? Oh, man, you you were injecting yourself with some stuff, huh? There's always going to be those guys on social media who have something to say. But it was incredibly bad at the very beginning for Conor. And I know for a fact that if I was to go on Dillian White's social media, people would be saying the exact same thing. Even though this fight is not for a championship, this is just heavyweight supremacy. This is just rankings deciding who's going to fight who next. That's why this fight is monumental. And people, regardless of whether it's for a title or not, are going to be frustrated. But you should be redirecting this anger in a different, just in a completely different sphere. It shouldn't be focused on just the boxers. This should come down to how our drug tests performed. What drugs are being screened in these drug tests? Is it urine or is it blood testing? There need to be more questions asked of these testing commissions. There needs to be way more of the boxing commissions and the actual testing organizations, commissions, whatever you'd like to term term these guys. There need to be more questions directed at them. And Errol Spence started a, a brilliant dialogue during the press conference. He's like, where is the money going how do we know that this money is going to places it should actually be going? Where, where are the drug tests going? Are the are the people testing us actually legitimately using science in in the labs to determine who pisses hot and who doesn't? All of these questions were asked by Spence, and now I'm reiterating it: there need to be more questions asked of these testers, way more. And the Connor Ben situation that I just described. Opened up Pandora's box to say, whoa, 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 something's going down. We know something's happening. So I would really just like people to just hold off on the angry for just a moment. We don't we don't even know what substance that he tested positive for in the first place. We just know that there was a positive test. And as a result, the entire event has been canceled. So while you may be pissed off that the event is canceled, please do not go and harass that man. Do your research. Stay calm, remain patient, because we have no answers at all. No answers. All right, now that we've got all that weird steroid controversy, foolishness, internet troll, and all that garbage out the way, we have reached the end of another wonderful week of DQ with Damani. This is your host, as usual, the one who loves boxing the most, the one, the only, king and I'm very, very, very happy that I was able to get this episode out to you guys in a timely manner. There was a lot I had to squeeze into this one. I wanted to make sure you guys had all the news, all the drama, all the craziness that's been going down in our wonderful world of boxing. Yes, I am eternally grateful that I'm able to do this regardless of the location. If you haven't already, please check out the new website. We have a website for the DQ with Damani show samuel 679 com slash DQ with Damani. That is the link to the show. I will also be including that in the description of this episode and all episodes moving forward. Make sure you get on there. Check all the wonderful analysis out. All the great things coming to the site. Yes, go check that out. All right, that's enough waffling for this week. I got to let you beautiful people go. Plenty of fights to watch plenty of drama to ingest. Like I said, I'm just grateful that I'm in the position to be able to keep doing this week to week. If you haven't already, please, please, please familiarize yourself with the guys over at OTX. I don't even want to say it, but DAZN has uploaded highlights from this past weekend's Jake Paul card. There's also a really, really big event this weekend, August 12th. We have our boy Emmanuel Navarrete versus Oscar Vardez for the WBO Super Featherweight Championship of the World. I cannot wait to see that fight play out. If you know anything about Oscar Vardez, you know that he's a very big power puncher. The same goes for Emmanuel Navarrete. On the undercard we have richard torres jr who's fighting a guy 11 3 and 2 so for once he's actually fighting some real credible competition a lot of people were really frustrated with richard torres fighting these guys who had like no legitimate wins on their record or it was incredibly clear that these guys were journeymen so hey it's a sixth fight let's give him a chance let's see how he does against this guy he looks decent and At the very bottom of the undercard, we have Emiliano Vargas, once again, taking on a decent opponent. I wouldn't say he's extremely well known. We definitely know that he's being used to develop him. So overall, please just enjoy this card. There's always all the other great stuff regarding Crawford, Spence, Pitbull, Plenty of past fights. I watched uh, Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavides. They had that fight up on Showtime's YouTube channel. All the old fights are starting to get a lot more exposure, starting to get uploaded. Please make sure you get some boxing in your system this week. Thank you for choosing this show for your weekly source of boxing, lifestyle, news, and analysis. If you are driving on the road right now, please be safe eyes open, your ears alert, even though I know it's pretty easy to get lost in my voice. Please be safe out there, and God bless.